Tabletopped is brought to you by the following sponsor. Are you looking for something comfortable to wear and keep your brain warm while playing tabletop games? Daily Dose of Yarn makes handmade, customized beanies for all of your style and comfort needs. She can even help you with a custom beanie to represent your favorite character. Check out Daily Dose of Yarn on Instagram and Etsy to order your new favorite beanie today. So what should um, the name of like this homebrew thing be? Are we sticking to like a table to theme? Table based. Because it could be like <laughs> ha- handcrafted. What? <laughs> what? What does that have to do with the table? You know, you handcraft a table. It's woodworking. No. <laughs> what about? Um, okay, let me think. Let me think. Um, but pot luck. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Man, I wish Shay was here. He could come up with a table. Home, home brewed. Sitting on a stool. Home brewed sitting on a stool. Is that no, your. That's not a good pitch. <laughs> uh... Well, anyway, <laughs> we can come up with a name another time, I guess. <laughs> we'll, we'll name it in post. <laughs> yeah, there we go. But. This is a, a brand new section. Section? This segment? Is a, <laughs> segment. Yeah, that's it. Uh, this is a brand new segment for the bonus episodes. We're going to talk about homebrew rules, what you can do to spice up your uh, game life, I guess. Yeah, what what makes your game unique? Or what does your table need that the core sources don't give you? Yeah, I, and today we're specifically talking about combat because combat is tough, especially in um, rules-heavy games because it becomes a bit of a slog. Um, so we're just going to pitch out a couple things that we really like the idea of, things that we've tried in the past, uh, things that we you know um, do for our games. And uh, if you have any more uh, ideas or comments, please let us know. We'll, uh, we'll throw them in the next one. So Daniel, start us off. What's, uh, what's something that you do... Uh, in combat or anything like that that's like a homebrew brew thing and like how what what problem does it solve and how successful is it well one of the rules that i've used for combat recently and hasn't gotten too much like play testing yet yeah yeah, yeah. um i'm playing with a smaller group it's like two or three people at a time mm-hmm. and one of the things that i thought was like a real downer is zero hit points you go unconscious sure um so if you're just playing with like two or three people and you go unconscious and like then the game kind of like really falls apart quickly. Yeah. And if you're playing in a, like a larger group too, like in our, our main game, mm-hmm. it's like we have seven players. Yeah. If you're down at zero and you're unconscious, you're, you're waiting 45 minutes for your turn to come around and then, Oh, I'll make a death saving. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. right. And we move on in both of those situations. Like it's, it's not fun mm-hmm. to be unconscious. Yeah. Um, so what I'm, tr- what I've, what I've done, what I'm trying to do, is give that character agency on their turn. Yeah. Um, so they can still do something. And I've kind of stolen the name of it from the Borderlands franchise, the sure. fight for your life. Gotcha. So in my games, uh, that we're trying to do is if you're at zero HP, instead of just going unconscious, um, you still make your death saving throw um, to see if like, you recover or don't 
but you're still allowed half your movement and a bonus action. Yeah. So you don't get a full turn, but you can still, you know, maybe you've got Healing Word or some kind of spell that, or whatever, yeah. that relies on a bonus action to cast. Or, you know, you can still just, like, try to get the hell out of the way or get to someone who can <laughs> yeah, give crawl you... away. <laughs> ...who can give you a healing potion. Yeah. Get closer to someone else who can help you. And at least then when it's your turn, you're still participating. Yeah. Now, the pushback I've gotten uh, when I've tried this is a lot of players will go, no, I don't want to still be a target. Mm. Because then do you keep the rule of if you get hit, is it an automatic fail? And I feel like that should still be up there. Yeah. You know, if you keep getting hit, you... You fall further and further down. That is another thing with homebrew rules. You know, they are, if you're creating them, they can be hard to balance and you've got to be willing to keep workshopping them yeah, until I think you're ready. Because I really like this homebrew rule that you have um, because the, my biggest thing, and we'll probably do a longer episode on death in games, but the biggest thing that you don't want with death in a game is for you to be in combat and something just hits you and it knocks you out and then you die because the thing that players hate more than dying is dying in a way that doesn't make sense to the narrative that they've created around their character. Mm -hmm. So like you've maybe you cut, you've come with like a a really noble paladin who's self-sacrificing and like it make, it would make sense if Boromir style, he like threw himself in front of the party and gets hit with an arrow and like goes down and like that, probably that character will be like, oh, like that sucks. And like, I'm, I, that my character is dead. And like, you know, there's, it's a sad moment, but it's not like that fucking sucks. Like this game is bullshit, you know, <laughs> like, because that makes sense with the narrative in their right. head. And I think that your rule, one thing that it does is it allows people to, when they go down to zero hit points, even if they didn't do it in a way that makes sense narratively, now they have a way of saying either I'm about to die how do I make this work for my narrative? Like, what would my character do in these moments? Would he, like, if maybe you're playing a kind of scummy, wimpy character, and he just, like, tries to crawl away from the party, and then he, like, crawls to a point where he's abandoning his friends, and he looks up, and a troll is just there and just, like, steps on him. And then it's like, oh, man, what a great cinematic ending. Or, like, or in in the other side, going back to that paladin or whatever, like, maybe he takes an arrow, he goes down, he sees like one of it, like uh, an orc with an axe about to swing it into his friend. He has a movement and a bonus action. Maybe he just like covers his friend with his body and gets an axe in the back and dies. You know what I mean? Like you can have those moments of, I had agency, I shaped my ending a little bit more. And I kind of think that the, the pushback that you said about, oh, well, I'm still a target. I kind of think it's bullshit. <laughs> I just like, I don't care about that. Because I mean, you're still a target if you're unconscious. Yeah, too, if you're like... laying down on the ground at like an orc's foot and he just wants to step on you. Like, okay, that's still an ending. Like, do you want that? Or do you want the one where you tried to get away? Because I've had, um, in my world, I don't know if you, I don't think you've come up to them uh, in their truest sense, but my goblins were vicious flesh eaters. Yeah. So like if someone went down, it's they didn't ding, get, ding, ding, food time. They didn't get ignored. Like a lot of times you yeah. do combat, they go down, you focus on the people that are still fighting. Yeah. My goblins go for the meat and yeah. start dragging bodies away. Right. Uh, so that was a whole, if, hey, at least if you're still <laughs> yeah. moving, 
you got can, yeah you can, there's like you can get away from that or still fight back a yeah little bit. or maybe use your your bonus action to just try to like kick them off and you're yeah. like crawling away and again that reactivates the the storytelling yeah. agency of your character so i think that this is like a a way that you are getting around a really poorly designed part of yeah. D specifically um because and you know not I think it's a very well-designed game, very well-balanced. It's very fun to play. But I think that that is something that comes up a lot in uh, stories that I hear where a death happens and it's just sort of like, what the fuck? Like that, where did that come from? You know what I mean? Like it's Game's just, over. Like, yeah. You, you failed the wrong save and suddenly you've taken too many hits and now you're just, you're dead in a cobalt cave. Yeah, and sometimes- it's not even related to it. Like you just, oh- that's yeah. unrewarding. Yeah, and like the thing about Death of Strahd and like games are high um high mortality. The thing is that people play them with the narrative idea that they could die at any time. And so it's it makes sense in the, yeah. in, the in their personal kind of perception of the game. Tomb of Annihilation, yeah, Curse right. of Strahd. You go into those games knowing that you're gonna have two or three spare characters pulled up. <laughs> yeah, and then But when you you're can... just playing like your your campaign, yeah. You don't want to like Oh, the giant throws a rock. You failed your deck save. You yes. took. Oh, now you. Okay, this is where you end. Yep. It's just not, um, not cool. I was talking to a friend of mine uh, about like just sort of these sort of homebrew rules, mm-hmm. and he has. Oh god, what did he call it? It's like um, a last stand. Mm. Yeah, like COD, where you like pull out the pistol and start shooting. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but like, if you get your your last death saving throw, yeah, you get to do something. Mm, so I like, like that. yeah, your character's going to die. Yeah, you failed the the game is to stay alive. You, yeah, you failed that. So you say goodbye to your character, but maybe you take out two or three of like the minions, or you do a lot of damage to the main bad guy, or like you grab the creature and you jump off the cliff with them, or whatever. Yeah, you know but whatever what I mean? it is, like you do something for your party to help. Yeah, but the understanding is. That this is done. where your character <laughs> leaves. Yeah. You're dead. Yeah. And it's going to take like the, the full quest for resurrection if those exist in the, whatever game that you're playing. Yeah. Or not. But at least then it's like, oh, you get, okay, you're just dead. You die. Yeah. Sorry. Because that's it, just, it's hard. It's hard. And like I said, we'll probably do a full episode on that because like deaths are hard to figure out. But I think that that homebrew rule and I think that your friends is like a pretty solid one where you say, because like Urban Shadows does this where if you die, you get to pull off like one supernova move and they're specific for each class, which I think are exactly. really cool. And maybe you could even like homebrew what that feels like with your other characters before the campaign starts in a session zero. Yeah, like what is your what what is your last stand going to be yeah, for like, this character? Like a cleric, maybe um, they, you know, full metal alchemist style, they make an offering to their god, which is like their last bits of life and the whole party is healed. Or, you know, something crazy like that that's like really fun where you're like, yeah, like I fucking did something badass yeah. right at the end. Because um, I think there's like, like a cleric spell that does like, oh, the party receives 700 points of healing. Yeah, right. Like, okay, you're like, you're dead. Yeah. But your god, because you lived a, a good pious life, yeah. rewards you with like, protecting your friends with like the last bit of your magic yeah just like if if it has to be over let it mean something yeah in some way don't just be like oh your third death saving throw well you're done yeah and, <laughs> Bye. It can, and i mean it can be even be kind of um 
if you work it out with your players, like maybe you're playing a, a warlock that's an, uh, a fiend's pact, maybe the fiend, like you, you sell the last bit of yourself and you become like full fledged, like flames burst out of your skin. And like, you become a true evil monster that like first focuses on all of the threats that like killed you. And then you turn on the party and it's just like, Oh fuck. <laughs> oh God. Wouldn't that be heart wrenching? Yeah. Like, okay. Good. Yeah. You were a, a, a warlock pack of the, a fiend and came to call. Now you're a, your mortal body is now what it inhabits. And yeah, it killed the bad guys, but now the party has to either like deal with that or run yeah, or like, banish you. Yeah, or, like, like what do they do? Yeah. Like, great. Now you're just telling a whole nother story because of your death. And yeah. now your death is part of the game. Yeah, right. It and rolls like, forward. You can, and you can do that in fun ways. Like I, I think that that's a super cool idea, especially mixed with yours where hmm. maybe a bonus action is like you launch off your <laughs> your final stand sort of yeah. thing. Um like I, I think, think I was playing with this rule where like, okay, Normally, drinking a health potion is an action. Yeah. But maybe in Fight for Your Life, it becomes your, if you have one. Yeah. Yeah, your bonus action. Like, not if you're regular. Because that's just like, it doesn't make sense in like a, if you look at it too closely, but yeah. just the way to balance the mechanics. Action if you're good. Mm-hmm. Bonus action if you're in your like, your desperate last moments. Yeah. And that's like this, you like just really focus on getting that cork out of yeah. the bottle. <laughs> You're doing nothing else but trying to do this. Yeah. Uh, to drink a health potion just to get back on your feet. And again, that's fine too because. You're not gonna get that much health points back to yeah. be like full. Yeah, it's and just four or whatever. You only are really gonna have like maybe one or two on you. So yeah. how 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 good are you really gonna be? Kind of yeah. thing. <laughs> like you'll be good enough to get your full speed back and get the hell out of there. Maybe. So yeah. It's like. Unless your game is meat grinding, you want to put things in there, homebrewed or not, to keep them going. Yeah. Keep them going uh, until the narrative calls for it, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, another really cool one. I can't claim cre- credit for this one. Um, I saw it on TikTok. Uh, I, w- I wish I could credit the people because they actually, if you Google um, uh, 5e weapon traits, uh, mm-hmm. homebrew, I think you can actually buy their PDF that they have gone through every single weapon in 5e and have made custom abilities and traits for all of them because they've solved for a really good problem uh, that or a really stupid problem, I guess, that uh, 5e has where weapons don't feel very different from each other, like a long sword and a like uh, uh, great axe really don't feel different other than the fact that they maybe do different hit dice. D6 yeah. and D8. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so it's like, why would anyone ever choose to do less damage with their weapon? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, why doesn't everyone just grab the great axe? And so they solve for that by being like, daggers can be completely hidden or they can, you know, be thrown in certain ways or they have certain traits that like are rending so that like people start bleeding from them or they can, you can add poisons to them and they stay on them longer. Uh, They have things. um, I think it was with certain types of uh, projectiles that were like explosive was a trait and stuff like that you can throw on. And I think that that is such a cool way to make people feel and it doesn't even have to be combat oriented. Like maybe you have a sword, um, but because it's like a huge, long, great sword, it knocks people prone if you roll like um, a, a 18 to 20 on your hit. But when you like are throwing this around, you can't really do it in tight spaces because it's a huge sword. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So I th- I say 
uh, especially at the beginning, um, and people are choosing how to outfit their character. Usually they want their character to feel a certain way in combat, whether it's like the guts great sword from Berserker, uh, Berserk, or whether it's like they want to be, you know, the two knife wielding rogue or whatever. Um, so let the, you know, play into their fantasy, figure out a way to make it feel different uh, and reward what they want to do because sometimes they are taking a loss mechanically to do it. You know yeah. what I mean? So I think that's a fun homebrew rule. And I think that everyone should look at that PDF. It's really cool. <laughs> and on that, like on that point is when you're making a party, you're making your, your player character, the weapon that you choose is kind of like an extension of your theme yeah. for that character and kind of like a bit of their story, you know, like the, the street urchin that has to like survive is probably going to f- use a dagger or like made out of a, a shard of glass or like yeah, something yeah, yeah. to start with, like make it interesting, make letting your players make a weapon mm-hmm. and not just pull from the, the source book, the the player's handbook and be like, okay, what weapon does your character use? Yeah. Cause one of the things that I've been wanting to try um, is ever since like I saw Captain America is like, shield yeah have a shield (laughs) that you can with the throne property yeah like how much fun would that be Mm -hmm. and i haven't found anyone who'd let me try that because oh a shield's not it's an improvised weapon so d4 like yeah i don't think i throw a shield it's gonna (laughs) but that's like maybe you could do uh, a homebrewed rule where everyone starts off with all right your weapon yeah is a d6 yeah how does it feel different from how is it what is that what does that do? Or or maybe like give everyone a D eight. I'd be like, okay, you're everyone starts off, you do a you make a weapon roll, it's a D eight. Mm-hmm. If you're if you want to give your weapon a special property, like maybe it's a a, a spiked chain or like some yeah. or like that, maybe you have a range on it. All right, now you're a D six, but you have ten foot yeah. range. Or maybe, oh, you wanna like do a critical on a nineteen or twenty. Yeah. Okay, so you take your less d6 and you put another feet on it yeah something to just like make the weapons for the party like another aspect of the character and not just the thing they picked up that they swing (laughs) yeah i think that that's good because a lot of times if unless you are a martial character weapons become very obsolete very quickly Mm -hmm. because people are just doing spells maybe you just say like this is a a sword that has the normal d6 or d8 or whatever it is but it has the focus feet so that you can focus spells out of your sword that you know could be cool you know like you could do that kind of stuff uh and i i totally agree that you should let your players kind of talk through that at the beginning shade did a really cool thing on water deep it's probably not the best for balance but it's a lot of fun where when we were making our characters he essentially said you have three re-rolls but if you don't re-roll all three i'll let you pick a feat to to add to your character if you use one re-roll you have two left i'll give you an extra proficiency and if you use all except for one, then you got like another item or something. Yeah. It was like, uh, basically if you choose to take the lower, uh, rolls on stats that you could get these other things that would kind of balance you out and make you a little bit more of a customized character. And so for mine, um, I think that I chose 
um, an extra feat. And I also somehow, I forget how, but I got a special item, which were hand crossbows that, that were like Assassin's Creed, where they kind of like flip out into your hand, you shoot with them, and then they come back and they're hidden in your clothes. Yeah. And I was, and I didn't expect it to be like, hey, these are crazy good crossbows that fire and they can pierce concrete and everyone dies in one hit. But it's like, Hey, these are like really cool flavored. And when guards stop me, I'm like, Hey, I don't, I don't have a weapon on me. And they're yeah. like, Oh, okay, cool. I think that's <laughs> it's what, like very fun. That shapes up a lot of people. I think when they're like homebrewing weapons and stuff, they always want to be like flashy. It's like a good homebrewed weapon. It just has like a neat trick to yeah. it. Not everything has to be elemental damage or put a plus three modifier on it. A lot of interesting weapons are just a shield with a thrown property, crossbows that hide on your like in your wrist braces that are undetectable. Yeah. Small changes to like how weapons work. Yeah. Especially if like if you're just giving your players like this is your this is your signature weapon. Yeah. How is it different from yeah. everything else out there? Yeah, maybe it's like unbreakable, you know, yeah. is the is the trait on it. So that and maybe if you're playing like a, a meat grinder esque campaign and you have a lot of people like in a dungeon, you're just trying to get through and people's swords are breaking because they can't upkeep them mm-hmm. and like all that stuff ha- is happening. But this one guy's dagger is always going to be there for him <laughs> because it's just, it for whatever reason, it is unbreakable. He's thrown it against stones. It bounces off. It's still sharp. You know, that kind of thing. It's just like a weird little thing on it. That can be like a fun like uh, roguelike if you're playing like a meat grinder game. Mm, yeah. Every time your character dies, the weapon remains and you get to add <laughs> and yeah, a, that would be so a special cool. effect to your weapon every time it comes back around to your next character. Wouldn't that but be- But all your characters have to use this dagger, but every time- Yeah. You know what would be super cool as a campaign is that instead of making characters to start with, you make a weapon- that is like devours the souls or like sucks the <laughs> souls or the traits of whoever wields them into them when they die. And your goal is to just try to get through the dungeon without dying. But as you die, like if you're a barbarian, maybe you choose something that goes into the the weapon so that the next person who comes in like grabs the same weapon. And they're like, for some reason, I hit on criticals, like you said, on 19 and 20 and like things like that. That'd yeah. be really fun. And they add up. So eventually you're like, I am matched to this dungeon because i have all these extra feats and traits on this weapon that's a really yeah. cool idea that's fun yeah what other, what other homebrew things can we do to spice up combat oh for me for combat the biggest thing i can suggest legendary actions should like they are cool and awesome make sure that your your little guys your bandits whatever Make sure that their action economy makes it so that they don't just get obliterated and everybody is just like, hey, we killed all the bandits. <laughs> oh, here's, here's a thing that I do yeah. that is wildly close to cheating. Okay. But what I do to sort of like make it more fair, like because like I said, I run a party of seven people. Yeah. Which is, so uh, God bless you. <laughs> a lot of times my monsters will have double initiative. Yeah. I'll, they'll have two turns in a combat order. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, but they, they want to attack that fast. Like, listen, you get seven turns. Yeah. Give them two. <laughs> yeah. I think that you just... Let you the leader attack twice in this combat round. Yeah, I think that, and maybe I'll be pilloried for this, but 4th Edition did a really smart thing where it had elite monsters, which they just essentially said, okay, it is a bandit. It has double the hit points. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think that people should really not shy away from... Uh, building an encounter where they're like okay this band is the leader it has a cool weapon whatever but also it attacks twice every turn 
And every time a bandit in his crew dies, he makes an order that causes one of the other bandits to do it. Like, yeah. you, like make it so that if you're going to fuck around with monsters and like make them have new traits, the biggest thing that you can do to make uh, combat more threatening, more interesting, more dynamic is to add things that give your monsters or threats more action economy. Yeah. So, yeah. They need it. Yeah, they really do. <laughs> one, every combat encounter that you run should have like one beefy boy. Yeah. Like, you don't have to be like boss-esque level, but the bandit should have a leader. The kobold should have an apex kobold somewhere in there. Like, maybe one of them knows magic. Yeah. You know, just don't th- don't throw like the same things. Like, yeah. oh, you have s- seven enemies. They're all the same. And Yeah, and like, think about what, Again, uh, for me, the big thing is story moments. So I'm thinking of maybe you have sort of like this huge Goliath of a person that's in the bandit group and you stab into him and successfully do it. But as a reaction, that guy gets to like, if he is mortally wounded, maybe he breaks the weapon. Like maybe he just grabs and bends the sword so that it's still in him. He's like fucked up and going to die. But the paladin's like, oh shit, <laughs> like yeah. you know that kind of thing happens. Yeah, let your let your monsters like use variant rules, like to sunder a weapon or disarm yeah. or uh, disorient, so that they lose spell slots a little bit faster. Yeah, and yeah, I think that that would be my most common probably homebrew is just I make uh, some monsters be more beefy. And I make them usually be able to attack multiple times, <laughs> even yeah. though if they don't have multi-attack, it's just like, hey, you're hit, uh, and then you're hit again. And someone's like, what, it's just a bandit? And I'm like, well, he's really fast. <laughs> yeah. Legendary actions don't have to be just for legendary creatures. Yeah. Like, let your one of your bandits could have legendary actions. Now he's attacking three times. Yeah. Or he's doing like something like super special where he's giving advantage to a, another player's role. Yeah. Or yeah. make it so that, like, in the bandit camp, they have a lair action where they can, yeah. like, pull a lever and a, a big pot of boiling oil spills out onto the, you know, map yeah. somewhere. They're going to use their resources the same as, like, anything else. So, yeah. And, and not- those weird rules. Like, don't throw surprises at your party. Don't be stuck in the monster's manuals. Yeah, I would say that 100% of your time. Um, your party will be like, that was fucking crazy. Remember when that guy like grabbed me and threw me off the, the cliff and I had to like grab on and try to climb my way back up. Like those are the moments that people feel cool about. Yeah. And uh, the moments that they tend to forget is like, I stab, they stab, I stab, they yeah. stab. <laughs> yeah. Um, so make them uh, do cool stuff. Um, and even if they aren't written that way, is my homebrew. So yeah, good homebrew. <laughs> uh, any final words about combat homebrew? Keep it keep it moving. Yeah, tempo. Keep it moving and make your enemies at least threatening enough that it's interesting to fight them. But don't Oh, I have another one. Oh, bloodied rules. Fucking give them bloodied rules. If they go down halfway, maybe they cannot miss attacks anymore because they're enraged and they're just like fucking hitting. Or maybe they they double their damage or something when they do hit. Like make it so that when they are in danger. That if they are the type of character that fucking is like, I'm going to survive, <laughs> that they they unlock a bit of their... Dude, you're you giving know, me like, and I, like to expand my fight for your life rule. Yeah. 
give the monsters that same thing, but instead of like, but before like in their last half of their hit bar, be yeah. like, okay, they're in fight for their life. They get to take an extra bonus action now. Yeah, MMOs do it all the time where you're fighting someone and then it gets down to enrage and then you're like, ah, oh, shit, now it, turn, like, it turns me into a bomb every other turn or whatever it is. <laughs> so like, yeah, I feel like um, to make fights feel more interesting and dynamic um, instead of letting them kind of crest and be the same thing all the way through that you can say, okay, the dragon... You, you pierce it, a scale falls off and you draw blood, but then its eyes just turn, like it starts, like blue mist starts coming out of its eyes and like icicles start coming and like plating over its skin. And now every time you touch it, when you attack, you also take damage or something, you know, like yeah. weird stuff like that. Um, that can be fun to make it more dangerous as cl- as they get closer and you're like, ah, we're yeah, almost there. Yeah, that's basic like game design. <laughs> make the bosses more dangerous the closer to zero they get. Yeah, that's what I would say is... Um, bloody give your characters bloodied rules so that instead of people asking like how does the monster look does it look like it's bleeding and you being like yeah it looks like it's pretty bloody and people being like okay i guess i can use this spell now make it be like uh is the monster bleeding and you're like yeah but also flames start spitting out of its hands and now like whatever happens you know as a dm i'd say (laughs) that's the most annoying question i get asked it's like every per every round every turn how does he look what is what does he look like like you you have a, like you've been fighting know. it he's cut up he's bruised like yeah. what do you what do you want yeah yeah I, I totally think that um a way to kind of negate that question also would be to add bring that. up the whole oh they are using secondary powers now yeah or so like, now you know you're you're halfway there yeah it's a or if it's like a like a, a bandit leader that is feared in this section of the world maybe uh you start like he hits his bloody thing and now he steps into shadow and he's gone and you're yeah. like oh fuck <laughs> like where'd this guy oh, go yeah. and they pops out somewhere else and stabs you and then if he can make it back to the shadow every turn he's gone and un- untrackable or whatever you know like things like that oh, can yeah. happen that's fun phase out the bad guy so you can't attack them every turn you yeah have to. because then because you can also design these bloodied powers in a way that combat becomes yes we have to deal damage but we also have to mitigate certain things like uh for me who's a skill monkey like then at that point maybe what i do is i start using my items like a lantern and i like throw an oil pack and like a a torch into the shaded area so it lights up and then he becomes material again like that is the the things that now you're using your turn to do something besides swing just straight combat yeah Yeah, and i think that that can be really interesting so yeah i think i had a boss fight one time where the boss could only be damaged if she was being illuminated by a certain oh, yeah, number you of told lanterns. Me, yeah, you told me. I was there. Yeah, yeah. It was like the skeletal like witch thing, and we had to like shine lanterns on her to make her corporeal. Right. Yeah. yeah that, that was that's cool. always a fun little and mechanics into your yeah. Your boss I, I always like. I, I was talking with Mac a few episodes ago about how um, I think that every combat encounter that I design going forward will have a combat part of it, but also an objective based thing that the party naturally has to split so that they're doing something. That's like maybe they're just trying to get a, a pendant into a, a, a statue that is about to explode. And this is like the the kill switch. But then there's also like a lich that's going around trying to kill everyone. So yeah. that you're you're making the monster live longer just because, the again, the action economy is split between different objectives. Right, yeah. I tried to do that with a um, 
you were there for that living vault. Oh, yeah, yeah. The... It was like, you have to do this thing, but while you're doing that thing... There's like clockwork things that come out. All these other things yeah. are happening at the same time. Distract your players with more than one thing happening, and they have to figure out which is the thing they need to be focused on. And your players know their characters better than you do, so they will figure out what role they have to play. Like, I just yeah. became... Like, I, in that encounter, I literally became somebody who climbed poles and found these, like, little, like, egg things and then threw them down to people to put in the right things. <laughs> yeah, everyone, everyone will find the thing to do. And then, like, okay, now they all feel like they're contributing in their own unique way versus, like, most combat. I was like, oh, I'm not doing as much damage as the other people, so yeah, I'm because not... Because at high levels especially, magic users are just going to make everyone else feel like a... a a chump <laughs> all right cool well thanks daniel this, you're uh, welcome do we have a name yet as we went through I don't, uh um hmm. homebrew like i feel like there's a, <laughs> homebrew. there's a there's a coffee thing like there's a coffee there, there's probably also like um like a homebrewer like beer thing probably yeah maybe um okay what about uh okay unfil unfiltered R rules <laughs> uh, mor morning homebrew morning oh there we uh, go homebrew and eggs what about morning brew morning brew no that's not good <laughs> that's where's where's, where's morning coming where does that yeah i mean yeah you're um, having breakfast at a table but that doesn't tie into our whole theme yeah it's too too many levels different let's see what is it what does a table stand for it stands on four legs yeah what are the rules of a table at table Gravity. table etiquette table uh fuck it got it went table well, table rules ta table rules table table rules i don't like it maybe it's okay I don't know. table maybe. rules well anyway <laughs> <laughs> uh this has been a bonus episode of table rules <laughs> and tabletop podcast uh we'll see you all next week for a full episode uh see you then bye later